Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. My name is Wendy Batts, and I am here with my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Miller. So, Ken, how are you today? I'm good, Wendy. Always good to join you on these uh, recordings here. So, I'm excited for this one. This one's going to be a good one because yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there. So, hopefully, we can try to help clear some of this up um, in today's podcast where we are talking about stretching. Um, and, you know, I know oftentimes we get the questions as trainers, do I really need to warm up? Do I really need to cool down? And, you know, mm-hmm. why is, you know, there's so much information out there on should I do static stretches or active stretches or I heard static stretching is bad and you can only do dynamic and what is all this foam rolling madness? So I think uh, hopefully by the end of the day or our episode, not the end of the day, you guys will have a clearer picture of what you can do to help prepare your body the best way possible. I hope. <laughs> no, that's definitely the goal. I mean, it's, it is one of those things where, you know, when I, you know, and it's funny because the last couple of weeks I've taken on three clients the last, the last few weeks. So um, one of the questions that I ask is, okay, so if you're an avid ex- and these guys are all, um, it's funny enough, they're all college, uh, golfers, college level golfers, and talking about their flexibility routine, it's just been all over the board just because Mm -hmm. of where they've come into um, their exercise routine, whether it's from their coach, from their strength conditioning coach, or, you know, stuff that they've done from high school. They're all over the board as far as what techniques to use. And and mind you, this is is a, a program that's, you know, as far as how I've introduced their workout program and the regimen and, you know, starting off with static and this is where static stretching or static flexibility has come into play. It's like, you know, I got a lot of questions from them when it came to, okay, here's what we're going to foam roll, right? Here's what we're going to stretch. And this is how we're going to stretch. And then first thing that happens, like they raise their hand and they say, wait a second, I thought you're not supposed to stretch this way. Right. Mm -hmm. So from some, from that vantage point, even, you know, if you're, if you're working, uh, if you're competitive as a collegiate professional Olympic, doesn't mean that, you know, that certain formats of stretching are not appropriate for you. Just ima- it just matters where you're coming into your, your workout program. So that's one of the things that I think we need to discuss just from a, I mean, from an avid exerciser standpoint is that, you know, everybody can benefit from all forms of flexibility. It's just like you're saying, it's when, you know, it's right. when and, and how you apply it. Well, and I get that too. I mean, again, I see a lot of professional athletes. And when they come in, they're like, you know what? I'm a professional athlete and you're having me do what? Like I heard from my, you know, same thing, strength conditioning coaches, or we're not supposed to do this because, you know, we're, we're going out and we're going to play a game and stuff. And I'm like, wait, 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 there is an actual systematic progression, if you will, which just means I'm not going to have you do this and then have you go do that unless I warm you up correctly. Or I get the complete opposite, which is they come in, they hop on the piece of cardio equipment for five or 10 minutes, and then they're ready to work out. I'm like, no, no, this is not how this is going to go down. And um, and so really trying to educate people, I think, has been very eye-opening. Um, and it's eye-opening to me as a trainer, too, because I realized that people just don't know what to do. And so, um, you know, I think before we even get too far into it, I want to kind of stress that it's really good to have a a basis of of knowing what muscles are are tight, what muscles are weak. And so if you can do some sort of assessment or you have someone look at you and see where there's some like faulty movement patterns, meaning that you're not moving in the most ideal way, 
that can really help us determine what are the right stretches to do? What is the right progression? So therefore, when we do get you into whatever workout routine you're doing, or if you're doing it on your own and you can do some of this as your warm up, that is more than just getting on a piece of cardio equipment. I think it can be such, it can make such a difference and have a huge impact on your results long-term too. Right. So Wendy, let's start at the beginning. So whether right. you're a, a new exerciser, or a seasoned veteran in the gym or a high level athlete, the the place to start is like you're saying, Wendy, is first of all, best case scenario is that you get assessed. You understand how your body moves. And by that, I mean, you've been assessed for movement inefficiencies. And that's where somebody has looked at you. They have identified muscles that aren't doing enough and need to do more. So like say weakened muscles, like typically it's the glutes or the muscles in between the shoulder blades that are failing to hold us upright. But that also means that you have muscles that are doing too much. Let's say the front of the shoulders, the front of the hips, or maybe even the, the lower leg and the calf complex. So muscles that are, you know, what we would call tight or overactive. So if you've been assessed or you've, you've identified in some way, shape or form muscles that are doing too much, these are the muscles that you need to foam roll, uh, do some some kind of self myofascial technique. Basically, get the muscles to relax. And I know we've already discussed foam rolling and and um, <clears throat> self myofascial technique. But once we've done that, then we can uh, complement that with some flexibility or what we call static stretching, which is a stretch and a hold for about thirty seconds. And again, this is these are muscles that. Are, are classically tight or have been found to be tight on you as an individual. And that's what you want to hold. So I think what you've been talking about, Wendy, is, is to get you to move better, right? We need to identify muscles that are doing too much. And those are the muscles we need to get some length. And that's going to help you get flexibility or what we would call a range of motion through a given joint. So if we get our calf to do a standing calf stretch, we get that muscle to lengthen out. And then that way we can get the ankle to move more. And in, in one plane of motion is, is ankle dorsiflexion. That's basically getting the toes to be able to flex up towards the knee. And, you know, and that can help save a lot of stress, not just through the calf complex, but also your Achilles. So just as an example, and, and, and again, that comes to mind because if someone hasn't been doing some kind of self-myofascial technique and a static stretch, and you've got, let's say, a poor... Uh, overhead squat or a poor squat assessment, the calf complex usually comes up in, I'd say, 98% of the people I've had a chance to work with. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think two points to that. Point number mm -hmm. one is, you know, if, if you, you just stretch because you think that they feel tight, that can actually not be uh, the most ideal way of going through your stretching program. So if you're going to stretch, and the reason why I say that, having a basis of understanding what do you do every day? And it's a good thing you guys are tuned in because if you sit down all the time and you stand up and your hamstrings feel like they're quote tight, that muscle usually because your hips are really tight from sitting all day is actually in a lengthened position. But when you feel it, it feels tight because you're pulling one end and I'm pulling another end. For example, if we had a string and you could kind of pluck it, it's actually taut, not tight. And then adding a static stretch onto a muscle already lengthened and taut position is not ideal and then producing movement. And I think that's sometimes when people get misinformed with the research, because people will say, well, I read research that static stretching can actually increase strains or sprains or, you know, actually induce injury. And in all reality, if you're stretching the wrong things, then it absolutely could. 
And so, you know, really kind of like you said, if, you know, with the calves, if somebody wears high heels all the time, or even men wear dress shoes, they're put into a shortened position of their calf throughout the day. And so just stretch your calves. If you sit all day, stretch your hips. Like think about what you do every single day and think about the muscles positioning. And at that point, if you can actually do your own stretching program to benefit yourself, that's great. If you can have a trainer help you, that's most ideal. But we understand that's not the, the, the case for everyone. And that's not going to happen, you know, um, you know, for everyone out there, no matter you know how, how much we say it can it can benefit someone. Um, and so those are my two points. Plus, if you come in and you're tight and then you go and walk on the treadmill, that's the other point and you're really tight in certain areas and you didn't stretch it out, then you're just enhancing and actually promoting those compensations more and more to make matters worse. And then you're going to end up with ankle pain or knee pain or, you know, hip pain or whatever it is when, you know, just a few measly stretches can make a vast difference in how you feel, walk and move just through life. Yep. And for those of you just joining us, you are listening to Random Fit Podcast on stretching the truth. So you have Wendy Batts and myself here talking about flexibility and when and where and what type is going to be most appropriate. So Wendy, just to talk about when and where to do it, you know, to give us some context, like if you are somebody who is working out in the afternoon, right, you've had a long day behind the desk in meetings. Um, let's just say you're still working from home. You've been on how many calls and you're looking at a screen all day. And then now you want to walk on a treadmill. Now you want to walk on a, on, a, on a skill mill. Now you want to squat. Now you want to lunge. Well, where's all that range of motion going to come from? I mean, we have to move. We have to move joints. And if unless the muscles are allowing that range of motion to happen, we, you know, you're, you're going to be you're going to be using, you know, some bad motor patterns because if 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 your joints can't move one way, they're going to detour, and that's what we call compensation. So, however however much improvement you can make through static stretching it's always good to address like what we're talking about get the range of motion where you're lacking range of motion and then you know and then strengthen in that range of motion so that static stretching is, is definitely there now the other the other context and the other point when it comes to the static flexibility is in the cool down i know i'm jumping from warm up to cool down but when it comes to the cooling down process this is a chance to you know, kind of deload or or establish what we would call uh, optimized length tension relationships. So once you put um, tension into a into an area, let's say the 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 hip flexors or the, the hips, because we did a big leg day. Now we want you want you to warm down or cool down. So a static stretch um, at the end of the workout is enough to sometimes get the tension away from the joints away from the body that way you can recover in a better position versus if you had all that tension now your muscles are going to get nice and tight and that's how you're going to recover but if we can get flexibility allow the muscles to calm down and relax a little bit before you go on and 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 you know do your regular life do life and do things uh, this is one way to get the muscles to relax so you can recover more efficiently uh -huh. Yeah. And I mean, and to your point, I mean, obviously cool down, I think it's pretty, pretty simple. After you work out, if you can foam roll, try to get, like you said, try to get, you know, the tension out of the muscles and everything, or use a handheld device, like, you know, a bolt or something just to really try to relax those muscles. And then putting the stretch on them is just going to restore your body back to ideal length. And then you're going to feel better after you work out. And it's probably going to decrease your soreness. 
However, when we even still think about, you know, going back now, I'm jumping back to, um, you know, the, the warm up, you know, and going back into static stretching, I think it's going to be very important to discuss that not only when we're talking about static stretching, we're, we're only focusing on static stretching the muscles that we think based on what we do or based from an assessment, what needs to be stretched. But then you can go into other types of stretching techniques to get you ready for some kind of like performance type, um, you know, workout, meaning if you're going to play basketball or pick up game with your friends or you're going to go and play tennis, you know, you don't necessarily want to just static stretch and then run and do something. You want to make sure that you properly warm up your body. And, you know, even when we discussed in our, you know, when you turn 40 and, and how everything changes as you age, you start to lose flexibility. And so it's important that you spend time working on, you know, getting your body more flexible into its ideal range. I mean, we're not going to go past and do something called relative flexibility where we're going to be gymnasts doing splits every day. It's more of like just trying to get yourself to go through a full available range of motion that's normal for someone. Um, because, you know, if not, then your workout is going to not be as ideal as it could. And when, what I mean by that is like, basically, if somebody comes in and they have rounded shoulders and a forward head and it's, you know, Monday, so national chest day, and you just lift a lot of weight for your chest, those muscles are in a shortened position. And so now I'm doing a bunch of pushing. And so the same type of movement that's already in a shortened position, you're not going to actually benefit and get more strength out of it. If anything, you're feeding into a compensation. So you're actually decreasing the amount of power you could lift by if you just would stretch out your pecs, work some of the back, get better range of motion in your shoulders and then perform the movement, you're going to have a better outcome in your entire workout. Plus you're gonna feel better and reduce the tension in your neck and head. Right, so that, that brings me back when you say National Chest Day. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. If you, all right, here you go. A I, quick know, pointer. I know, If you are a trainer, you know this. If you're not a trainer and you're listening because you just love us, Every Monday, it is like chest city. So if you want to work out your chest, do it on Tuesday and you're less likely to have to wait for a bar or any of the weights that you need in order to ideally perform those movements. Just saying. Exactly. Well, you know, that's where you go into your, <laughs> you know, you got you to do your bench press, right? Because you got to start off fresh because what's the one question everybody asks each other, you know, especially guys, how much do you bench, right? And you don't want to do bench after you've done everything else. Okay, so... So you always start off with the bench and then you have some kind of cable, cable fly, incline dumbbell, decline, and of course the finisher, close grip push-ups, right? You got to get tight in the inner, again, there's there's no such thing as an inner versus outer. It's just another way to hit the pec. So, and that's the thing, right? When I think about when I was 20, 21, and all I wanted to do is get big and get strong, you know? Monday and Thursday would be chest days. But you know how I would warm up in the gym? You do Basically, like what arm rolls. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah shoulder. Right. Yeah. You do a little bit. And little then stretch course, out. Yep. Then you <laughs> yep. gotta ask, hey, how many more sets do you have over there, buddy? All right, two more. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Yeah, just leave the 35s on there and you know, I'll just go ahead and warm up with that. Yep. Right. So and then of course you start off with, you know, 115 to warm up and then get up to you know, start getting up to 185, 225, you start going. Yeah, whatever. That's your warm-up. <laughs> warm-up, yeah. I was warming up at 315. Oh, so, right, right. Yeah, me too. Right? That was the warm-up. There, there was no, okay, let me foam roll my pack. Let me foam roll my lats. Let me do some scaptions. 
right? Oh, let me do a pec stretch, right? Let me do a couple of those, a couple of variations of that. Let me do some, let me do some Tom House movements here. Work, make wake up my uh, my rotator cuff. All right, now let me do some dynamics. There was none of that. It was just a, a couple of shoulder rolls, about a 45 second warm up before it, hey bench opened up. You got to get on there, right? So, so now it's a different ball game, right? Now that we understand how posture works, how how the shoulders are connected to the spine, the spine is connected to the hips, the hips are connected to the knees, knees are connected to the ankles. Everything's got to warm up, and everything's got to warm up properly if you're going to get a really good and efficient workout. But that's where, again, looking at how your body moves, look at where you're lacking range of motion, and then integrating it into the bigger system, but also the activation to to complement strengthening up what you've just you know quote unquote stretched out, whether it's statically active or dynamically but the idea here when it comes to the different levels of flexibility that you're really trying to um, incorporate as part as part of your movement preparation or your warm-up is that you you know one way i would say it is you want your flexibility routine or your warm-up routine regarding flexibility and the format of stretching to match the level of activity that you're doing so if you're doing more corrective exercise stability work more static if i'm doing more strength work hypertrophy, max strength, and I'm going to be more active. But then if I'm like what you mentioned, Wendy, if I'm getting ready to get on the court, um, play on the golf course, or do some power level training, I want to be more dynamic. I want my the activation of my nervous system to match the activity of the workout or the activity itself through the flexibility plan. And that's where, you know, that's where I, I think a lot of the confusion lies is that yeah, you don't want to go static and then throw a med ball, right? Yeah. We, want, we want to transition from static, maybe active into dynamic, but, you know, we can definitely proceed the dynamic, more more movement, free-flowing movement patterns to get the nervous system and the joint range of motions to complement what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Well, and those of you guys just joining us for Random Fit, I'm Wendy Batts and my, my <laughs> colleague here, Ken Miller, we're discussing flexibility so stretching and now we're actually you know really focusing on the on the warm-up of that and you just brought up a really good point that you know when we're talking about dynamic stretching you know when you think about the definition so if we take you know a step back and we talk about what is dynamic stretching it is basically taking you know doing some sort of movement such as like a lunge or like even a push-up trying to get full available range of motion to a joint in order to increase your flexibility and to prepare your body in an integrated way. Okay. So if you don't have ideal range of motion because you've got overactivity or tightness in one side of a joint, then you're really not going to be able to get through full available range of motion. So dynamic stretching with limitations is not going to be as ideal. And so, you know, one thing that I often bring up working with professional basketball players is you see these guys when you're going into a game. And here's here's honest truth. You're going and you're seeing them. They're shooting, you know, baskets. They're running drills. They're practicing with their, you know, with their team and you know teammates before the game starts. And that's more of like a dynamic warm up. They're like getting their body prepared and they're moving in different ways that they're going to have to do that in the game. However, being on the inside and knowing this, you know, we were very successful in trying to reduce injuries and increase playing time and performance by behind the scenes having people foam roll, having the players stretch muscles that were identified that needed to be stretched. We would do some even hands-on stretching 
And then they would do some active stretching. And so active stretching is something like, you know, if you're stretching your hips, you're, you know, you're on your, your knees in a 90, 90 degree position and you just tuck your butt underneath, you squeeze your butt cheek, hold that for like 30 seconds. That's a static stretch. Then when you go into active, you relax and then contract that again for two seconds and relax and then contract that. And then they would go into the dynamic part, which was a walking lunge, you know, or even lunge with rotation. And so there was a progression. And that's one thing that I try to get people to understand is only static stretch the muscles that are short, then go into some, you know, play with the joint, stretch it, relax it, stretch it, relax it. And then therefore your body gets used to that new, you know, movement and motion and then add actual motion to it. So therefore it kind of all works together. So then when you go perform, your body has better range of motion and you're gonna have power, better power output. And that should be the exact same thing when you're working out. And, you know, and so if you wanted to incorporate dynamic, definitely do that because it is definitely appropriate. There's been a ton of positive research about how great it can be. But if you're really overactive and you're really tight in certain areas, you're not going to be able to get that dynamic stretch like you could have if you, you know, just spent time statically stretching the muscles beforehand. Now, let me let me ask you this, Winnie. I know you you're working with professional basketball players, well, a lot of, a lot of pro- professionals in different sports. But have you, have, let me ask you, have you, have you watched a game, a basketball game, where you're just watching them doing the shoot around, and you know they're shooting around, doing their layups, and next thing you know they they have a foam roller at in center court. And then they foam roll, and then the athletic trainer might come out. I'm not trying, not trying to call out any NBA level athletic trainer, but then they'll, they'll do like a static stretch on them. Have you seen that? I have. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So let me ask your opinion. <laughs> I mean, I know we all come from. Div- I mean, again, I don't know these athletes. I don't know what they're working with, and there may be things that I may be missing, um, you know, on the bench that they might be doing to activate, but. You know, that's the one thing that's kind of thrown me off, you know, because I'll see them shoot around, they'll they'll run, they'll do their layups. And next thing you know, they're foam rolling again. And then they might be, you know, someone might be stretching out their hamstring. So, and, and this is where, again, some of the, again, as an observer, I don't have, and I'll, you know, I'll just say it right now, I don't have, you know, full, full glimpse of the picture. And, you know, there may be something that they're working with, that they're working through, and there may be some activation I'm not witnessing from, a spectator standpoint but that's one of the things that i've noticed and and in in seeing how these professionals are being worked with and going through their warm-up routine sometimes i think sometimes too it's about habit and what they're used to and what their body has acclimated to and and what they've grown to expect from their training staff but and that that was just i didn't know if it was just something that i might have seen but no no i've seen it and to your point, I mean, if there is a if there is a reason for, you know, those, you know, that reason, like meaning that they went up and they don't feel as as free in their, you know, in their body as they normally would, or they feel heavy or something like that, maybe that's a reason that they grab their roller, or maybe that's when they, you know, go and talk to their, you know, strength coach or whomever it is, a conditioning coach or even the athletic trainer and say, Hey, you know, I feel a lot of tightness here, there, and the other. I think they really should think about the assessment process. And I know even in the NBA combines, you know, before they even get, you know, they actually go up to, to try to get on a team. There are now more assessments being done to predict the chances of injury in some of these, in some of these players. And so I think we're starting to see a little bit more of a change 
I have, I have definitely seen that. So yes. And again, if there's a point to it and a reason for it, then I'm all about it. But you know, oftentimes I will see someone jump and then they'll lay on the ground and they're, you know, a trainer will come up and start stretching their hamstrings and then they'll get back up and move on. And it's like, well, based on how they look, they, if anything, they kind of look like they have an arch in their back. So that wouldn't really be beneficial. But again, I don't know the background of some yeah. of these individuals, so I might be missing something. But what I have noticed, and I see this a lot, is players now using handheld devices, like the vibration right. you know, devices that we talked about. So the, the Theragun, the Bolt, those types of, of um, devices now, and they're doing it on the bench in between you know, yeah. minutes and stuff, which to me, I mean, it does increase you know, it does increase circulation. It does increase, you know, um, oxygen to the tissue. So it's not a bad thing. However, you know, again, what's the purpose and why are they doing it? Maybe just because it feels good. I don't know. But I'm going with it feels good. So yeah. <laughs> and it does. And it does. It I does. Mean, yeah. Helps with soreness. It yeah, definitely helps decrease soreness. So, yes. Right. There's, yeah. There's a lot, of, lot of off. I mean, I mean, if you I mean, I, I think they were just on in one of the playoff games. They're just zooming in on one of the players just going wow, 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 up oh, yeah. and down his thigh i was like that's a little fast um but it was like <laughs> and he's like for for 15 seconds he's just zooming up and down his quad um but you know it if it makes him feel good if it helps him get through the next five ten minutes at you know in between in between timeouts then hey you know what more power to him i know so, <laughs> but I mean, if we get back, I mean, even just to the day to day, so not even talking about yep. some of these professional athletes, I think I want to stress the point that when you walk into the gym, just don't first thing, don't go and grab, you know, like the treadmill. You know, there's always the people that have that treadmill that they like to get on every single day and that's their warm up piece. And then they just go work out. If yep. you actually made it to, to where you foam rolled first, again, to relax muscles, especially if you've had a crazy hectic day, just getting on the roller you know, if it hurts, it lets your it lets you know how bad your body needs it because foam rolling should actually feel good. If it doesn't feel good and it really does cause more pain and you can't relax, put two foam rollers side by side that actually just, you know, um, there's a weight distribution there at that point. So it's not so intense and you can get your body to kind of relax and, and get, you know, get the, uh, you know, get the adaptation that you're looking for when you're using that roller. And then after you've rolled for a little bit, just take a couple minutes and stretch for 30, 20 to 30 seconds. And 20 to 30 seconds is a long time. So set your phone if you need to. And I've had my clients do that because they're like, oh, I stretched for 30 seconds. I'm like, dude, that was like 10. Because when you're doing it yourself, you think 30 seconds is like going to last forever. However, 30 seconds, 20 to 30 seconds is appropriate to really get that stretch response that you're hoping to get in muscles that are overactive. And then, and then if you decide you want to go walk on that treadmill, you've set yourself up for better success. Um, you know, I just tell my clients, you don't have to actually do any form of cardio because if you foam roll, you stretch, and then we do some activation exercises and core work and everything that's actually preparing your body better than me putting you on a treadmill for five minutes and saying, okay, now let's get started. So just think about what it is that your body is telling you that you need, but just hopping on for five or 10 minutes on a piece of cardio equipment isn't necessarily what you're looking for. It will increase your heart rate. It will, you know, get blood flowing and get your, get you a little more prepared, but it may not be the most ideal way to get you prepared for whatever it is that you're going to do in your workout routine. Right. And I, and, and those, those warm up slash cool down areas of the gym, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, and this is what I emphasize with my clients. So with my facility, it's, 
it's a one-on-one -on -one facility where I have clients that work out with me, but they might have a gym membership someplace else. So what I encourage them to do is, okay, you need to get your mind right. So if we're going to, you know, kind of quote, you know, Todd Durkin, you know, you got to get your mind right. So <laughs> from there, you know, use that time, use that time in the beginning of your workout, you know, focus on yourself, you know, you know, decide, you know, finalize in your head, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how, this is how I'm going to do it. And this is what I want to feel at the end. So just mentally preparing yourself for that hour or however long your workout is. So that's when you like what you're saying, Wendy, is you're going to foam roll, you're going to do your stretching, whatever format of stretching, but use that time to kind of center yourself, you know, get your mind thinking about your body and how you want to challenge your body, do your workout. And then, you know, at the end, when it's time to cool down, you generally go to the same area because that's where all the, the foam rollers and the stretching and the mats are going to be. So that's where, you know, you, you kind of congratulate yourself on a job well done. And, you know, do your static stretching, but, you know, use that time to kind of mentally get into the mood, you know, you know, when it comes to your workout. So get get your mindset on what's going to happen and, and what you need to be mentally prepared for whatever level of intensity that you're going to uh, execute for that workout. So for those of you just joining us here on the Random Fit on the topic of stretching the truth, it's it's me, uh, Ken Miller, with Wendy Batson. We're talking about flexibility and the different forms of flexibility, how, why, when you might want to do it. So, so yeah, so when it comes to flexibility and, and, and when to do it, you know, that first five to 10 minutes, Wendy, is, is crucial to, you know, centering on yourself. Because if, you're, if you work out at six o'clock in the afternoon and you've just had a full day of work, you know, it's easy to have your have your mind still racing and think, oh, I got to send this email. I got to call this guy. I got to, you know, file this. I got to record that. You know, it's leave that at the door. When you hit the flexibility area, the stretching area, that's your time to mentally get prepared. So use that time to warm up, to 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 think about yourself and, and be in the moment when it comes to your workout. I know it sounds kind of zen, but you know, we, we have to be present. Become one with yourself. Be, become one with your workout. <laughs> I, I'm not very good at that. I'm not going to lie. I suck at becoming one with myself because I think about all that I have to get done. Um, right. But with that being said, I am going to also make a very strong statement here. Say you it, have time to warm up and you have time to cool down. If you have one hour to go and do your workout, then you should be able to set aside five to 10 minutes of warming up to preparing your body. Like you said, get your mind right, get your muscles ready so you can have a really good workout for 40 minutes. And if you need to spend longer than 40 minutes in the gym, you want to reevaluate your program. And that means there's probably too many rest periods. You're taking too long of a break. You're talking too much in between sets. When in all reality, if you want to hit specific adaptations for whatever you know phase of life or phase of training that you're in, then you really don't need more than 40 minutes in the gym of just actual working out. And it may even be less because your body can only handle so much. And so if you're trying to get certain adaptations and you're trying to lose weight, well, if you're trying to lose weight, you're going from one exercise to another, to another, to another, and reduce your amount of time breaking at all or resting at all, unless your body needs it. If you're trying to get muscle, you know, you're trying to gain weight or get muscle hypertrophy or get size, 
then there are more of a way to program your actual workout. And instead of doing every body, you know, muscle, you know, every muscle group or whatever, you're going to do certain muscles like, you know, chest, back, biceps, tries, whatever it is on certain days of the week, because you do need specific rest periods in order to be able to lift the maximal loads that you need to get that, that particular, you know, adaptation in your body along with diet, of course. And then, you know, um, so, so when you're, you need to be smart in your programming, because if you're in there and you're just crushing yourself for 60 minutes and then you leave, your body didn't have time to recover. You didn't stretch yourself out. So therefore you're going to maximally be able to, to get full available range of motion during your actual workout. And you're really not helping yourself. Like you said, de-stress, uh, deload and restore your muscles back to ideal length, especially at the end of your workout when it takes five or 10 minutes. And like you said, at, at, during the work, the cool down, think about how awesome you were. Think about all the great things that you just accomplished. Get yourself ready for what you have to do when you get home. And then at that point, you walk out the door knowing that you're going to be able to, to move better long term. Right. There's, now, there's my rant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that that's a that's a big picture painting because what was it? Uh, Abraham Lincoln that said, um, if I'm going to spend six hours chopping down a tree, I'm going to spend four hours sharpening my axe. Wow. Right? And, Look and at you and all the quotes today. Where where has this been? You know, I'm full of it. I'm Zen, full of Zen it master, day. you are full of it. And I am ways. full of it. So <laughs> with that, with me saying that, it's like, you know, here's the thing. Like all for all those goals that you mentioned. So if you want to get bigger, if you want to get faster, if you want to get stronger, there's a certain level of intensity that, or, or yeah, load that you want to put into the muscle. Well if there's a muscle that's overactive and feeling tight and restricted, that's going to affect how much you can actually load the muscles without some kind of compensation. So if, if it's about getting low in the squat, getting the bar to the chest, getting your chin above the bar, you need a certain requisite of flexibility, range of motion and stability in those joints. Well, guess what? Guess what sets the stage for all that? Your flexibility routine, right? So if you, if you spend your time, sharpening your axe by focusing on flexibility and range of motion get your get your mobility there that's going to set the stage for all those things that you mentioned wendy so if you want a bigger bench a bigger squat you want a faster time you want to spend 20 minutes on the treadmill doing whatever you're going to do running at seven eight miles an hour yeah that's all going to be based on okay well how efficient are you with your mobility and your flexibility mm -hmm. range of motion and that's going to be preceded by how you've set the stage through your flexibility routine so think, sharpen, sharpen that axe. Yeah, apparently. I, I don't even own an axe, but apparently I need to go buy one if that's what we're talking yeah, about here. But... Chainsaw. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Anything that's powered, I'm all about, yeah, right? Yeah. But uh... plug it in, honey. <laughs> that's right. Wow. Um, okay, so moving on, when we think about um, you know, when we think about all of this stuff, I think it's it's really important to, to also mention that even if you're gonna do a cardio day. Uh, still prepare yourself the same way, still focus on coming in, taking some time, you know, getting, you know, foam roll areas that you feel like you need to foam roll. And really you can foam roll anything. And I think that's another thing I want to mention. You can really foam roll anything on your body with the exception of basically your cervical spine and your lower back. And that's mainly because you've got your vertebrae that's sticking out. You want to make sure that there's a lot of cushion to protect your spine. And so if you need to actually do the upper neck or lower, you know, lower back, we've talked about, you know, putting tennis balls in a sock and then just, you know, pulling apart so it's not on your spine. And then you can get deep into those muscles 
or of course using a handheld device to make it even easier for the, than that. Um, you know, but also think if you're going to go and you're going to run on the treadmill or you're going to do the stair mill, you know, for 30 or 40 minutes or however long you want to do your cardio routine for, you need to properly warm up your muscles because we've stressed the importance of how much you need it when you're actually lifting weights. But it, you know, when you're doing cardio, think about it just the same thing it should be a normal routine put your bag away what your keys away whatever it is grab your towel have your water go to that stretching area foam roll stretch do some dynamic stretching go onto your treadmill or whatever piece of equipment do your cardio and then cool down you know so leave time for the cool down it's not okay to sweat your your you know sweat yourself to death and drink water and walk to your car and thinking that walking to your car is the cool down um, you need to make time for it because it really, really will help you long term. Like you said, your performance and everything that you do. And you're also going to feel better. Who didn't want to feel better? I want to feel better. I want to feel better. I want to feel right? better. So, I mean, actually, Wendy, that was a great summary. Uh, I know, right? I didn't even mean for it to be, <laughs> but apparently it's about that time. <laughs> do your flexibility, do your dynamics, get your workout in, foam roll, stretch, go home. Yeah. And so eat. that's and eat. <laughs> Yes. And eat, and then tell everybody. You know, make sure you post your uh, post your picture on social media. So oh, you right. know, unless it was, you know, liked by twenty people, it didn't happen, right? That's right. Um, <laughs> see there. Um, so, <laughs> um, no, that was awesome, Wendy. I mean, I, th I think we've covered quite a bit as far as the questions that I get, and you know, just to kind of clarify that to everybody. You know, you, if if you need help, if you if you have some questions on that, find your local personal trainer. I mean, we. We all know somebody these days who is personal training certified, hopefully through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And if there's any questions on which format of flexibility or stretching you, you know, just email us. We email Wendy, email myself, and you know, we'll do the best we can. But we've actually got quite a few assets where it comes to, you know, the exact techniques when it comes to flexibility to complement what we're talking about on this podcast. So Wendy. Thank you so much for that last little summary. I was just going to ask you. So what are your takeaways? And you basically you, well, you know, boom. I'm reading your mind. Yep. We're, we're vibing from one coast to the other. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, please, uh, if anybody has any questions on flexibility, how, you know, when to do it, why to do it, and, you know, just reach out to us at, you know, Wendy Betts and myself, Ken Miller. And with that, we will say thank you so much for listening to this episode of Random Fit on Stretching the Truth. So until next time, if you like what we had to talk about, please like, follow, subscribe, download. And if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about in other podcasts, please let us know. So until then, take care and be well.